Yes, indeed, we are fighting to be free of the uh, humongous mystery Babylon beast that rides upon the peoples of the nations. Revelation chapter 18, and of course, we're here to expose the operations of that beast, who is behind it. And of course, this is Pastor Eli James of America, and we have Pastor David Martins of South Africa. And today we're going to be discussing uh, part two of our discussion of uh, General Smuts and what a major piece in the cog of world Jewry he was. Uh, how are you doing this morning, Pastor? Good evening. <laughs> Good evening, Pastor Eli. Very well, thanks. Um, I trust you are also keeping well, and also good evening to all our listeners across the globe. Something I wanted to mention on our previous um, show, Pastor, yeah. okay. is that my, my, my brother and his wife, whom live in Freyate, okay. in Natal, yeah. we, we were not very far from uh, where they live, um, but um, he's an avid listener to our program. I think I've mentioned it before as well. Okay. And I just wanted to thank him for being such a, a, um, a faithful listener to our prog- to your program, rather. Right. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. yeah to all who do listen. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Okay. So uh, l- last time we talked about this. Uh, General Smuts was giving a speech to Zionist leaders, praising Zionist leaders. Right now, I don't know why a South African would be so tight to <laughs> the World Zionist Organization, but he certainly was. But in that speech, uh, let me just a uh, uh, couple of sentences here from his speech. Uh One side was the people who argued, why should we declare in favor of the national home for the Jews? You know, why should the British government support a national home for Jews? Well, see, the the important, even the question proves that the Jews aren't Israel because Yahweh told, told the Israelites, you will be a nation and a company of nations, and many, many nations will come from you. And the Jews have never had a nation, <laughs> and even the one they occupy now is, uh, well, it's an occupation. It's not their nation. It belongs to the Palestinian people. Your comment, Pastor Martins. Absolutely. Um, as you're saying, Pastor, it's, uh, if, you, if one can only realize the amount of contriving that went on behind the scenes, um, I think I've mentioned it on the show before that in the 1800s, the middle 1800s, the Jews were in the process of acquiring land in Central Africa f- to be developed as the Jewish homeland. Right. During the, during the, the world wars, I'm not sure whether it was the first world war or the second world war. I have a believe, I believe it was during the second world war that Hitler actually anticipated establishing a Jewish homeland in Madagascar. Uh, all right. Okay. I don't know if you got away. Yeah, that, right? Yeah. No, he wanted to send the Jews to Madagascar, right? Yeah. They would have Lebensraum yeah. that way. <laughs> Room to live. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, and of course, uh, Napoleon did the same thing. He uh, he wanted the Jews to assimilate into the rest of European culture, but they refused because a parasite cannot be be the host. <laughs> a parasite must have a host exactly. to survive off of, and that's what the Jews are. Right? They have to yeah. have a host. Yeah. Yeah, so General Smuts here in this article, uh, I'm going to just jump, jump to the fourth paragraph here real quick. Those who remember the formula of the national home will remember how both of these lines of opposition were smitten because the formula of the national home was declared in favor of Palestine, and that formula tries to save the face of the Mohammedan world and other nationalities living in Palestine. So it's, it's obvious here that General Smuts is saying, well, uh, our, our national agreements be damned. We're going to do what the Jews want us to do. <laughs> right? Yeah, because, uh, what's his name? Uh, Colonel Lawrence of Lawrence of Arabia. He fought on the side of the hmm. Palestinians because under the assumption that they would get their country back once the Turks are defeated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which it wasn't. Yeah, no, yeah, the Zionists uh, put pressure on the British government to renege on the the, the agreement they had w- with the Palestinian people. Yeah, and that that reneging of on that agreement is really the wellspring of all of the trouble in the Middle East there is today. Right, we go back to the Balfour Declaration, mm-hmm. which said that the rights of the Palestinian people will not be prejudiced. But in fact, they have been ever since, <laughs> right? So that's what happens when yes, you make so a deal with the devil. Over to you. Yeah, uh, ab- absolutely, Pastor. In fact, the um, uh, the promise was to the Palestinians that the the integrity of their state would not be compromised. Right. It's been compromised ever since. Yeah, and then we have uh, Jews in Israel. Going around saying, well, there were never any people in Palestine. Uh, we Jews took over an empty country. That, that, that's what they actually believe, right? But then how do you explain the Balfour Declaration, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. But this is uh, – Pastor, go ahead. I'm not sure. Yes. I'm not sure whether you're actually on the same um, um, script as I am in terms of the um, – the speech that you mentioned is is that yeah. in that book that I no, sent you about no, no. his wartime speeches? No, no. I, I uh, actually it's separate. Uh, I, I posted the link in your chat area, so you should be open able to open okay. that up. Yeah. The other one is a book. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to even look at that book yet. But I'm in uh, paragraph four of the uh, link that I sent you on this speech that. Uh, that uh, he was giving the Jewish Telegraphic Agency, General Smuts. Okay, that should be in your inbox. Yes, that one. Right. Okay. So anyway, so let me continue here. If you remember the formula, you will know it reads that way. Well, that <laughs> that was the the agreements that the British made with the Palestinians and other Arab countries that they would not lose their territory once. Uh, once Turkey is overthrown. Of course, it, it didn't work out that way for the Palestinians. So that's what he's calling the formula. One was Lord Milner. Okay. Uh, so 
who is Mil who is Milner? How is Lord Milner? And isn't he a Jew? Wasn't Milner a Jew? Or am I mistaken about that? Pastor, uh, Lord Milner was one of the uh, British Empire uh, commanders of the Anglo-Boer War during the Second Anglo-Boer War. Uh-huh. Lord Milner. Okay. And of course, if he, um, judging on the basis of his uh, contempt for uh, the Boers, he could have only been an, an Edomite Jew. Okay, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, like your contempt all Jews show for Christians, right? But we don't return that contempt. contempt. Very, very, you know, because we don't even know that they're the enemy, right? People yeah. worship, as you said earlier. Okay, so yeah. So again, he he brings up. He says all praise is due to Lord Balfour. And the formula is properly associated with him. Now, that's very interesting. Okay. Mm. This is a, a basically incorrect statement because this, uh, this was not Balfour's idea. This was the Rothschild idea, right? And the, yeah. and it was a letter written by Lord Rothschild to Balfour stating, and then, and then he just, he just responded by saying, uh, you know, we, you know, the government, agrees with your position, Mr. Rothschild. <laughs> That's what the Balfour Declaration mm. is. It's a, a, a statement to Lord Rothschild, the banker. Right? Yes, of course. Yeah. So, well, well the, the, same, the same Rothschild um, with whom Onze Jan Hofmeyer and Cecil John Rhodes conspired yes. to have the whole of British Empire as a um, mercenary soldier um, force against the Boers. Yes. So we so we have Balfour, Milner, uh, Smuts, and who else did I mention here? Uh, Rhodes, right? Yeah, Rhodes. So all of these people have to be. Are they all members of the Illuminati? Or some secret organization, I would say they would have to be. Pastor, um, if one pursues an, an, an investigation into the doings of Cecil John Rhodes, you would most probably find that about 80 or to 90 percent of all of these Edomite Jewish organizations, like the Council of Rome, the Bilderbergers, the they all have their roots mm. from Cape Town. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, because that was the headquarters of the British East India Company, which is, of course, Jewish, and uh, its predecessor, the Dutch East India Company, also Jewish. So, yeah, so they've had their headquarters down there for many decades, even centuries, Right. Not to be taken lightly, yeah. the power they have in South Africa, because it, it reaches all over the world. Of course, their banking headquarters are now in New York City, right? So we have... A, a, um, what, not, go ahead. Not so much that had the headquarters in the Cape. The headquarters were either in India, and at some stage it moved to Malacca okay. in Malaysia. Uh-huh. 
Um, but the important thing is that the the point of thoroughfare was Cape Town, right? And it also became the the um, like the New York uh, Airport, International Airport. Um, it was a thoroughfare for everybody in in the states at one stage. Um, yes, f- from where the the, the uh, of course, with the Anglo-Boer Wars, the Second Anglo-Boer War specifically, before the Second Anglo-Boer War, it seemed as if all the evil things that were being planned against the world was being orchestrated from uh, from within Cape Town or from out yeah. Cape Town. I guess that's where they vacation. The right. <laughs> right. It, it, Cape Town had the right combination of people yes. for that particular – at that time. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, uh, just like the uh, Jekyll Island was the place for the conspiracy of the Federal Reserve Bank here in America, you know. And so you have basically American Jews, German Jews, not – I don't think any Russian Jews, but uh, – yeah, basically Jews from around the world conspire against the rest of the world. See, how much mischief can we do from Jekyll Island? How much mischief can we do from Cape Town? This is really exactly. This is really their mindset. You know, it's yeah, it's like yeah, they love conspiring. But what was the name of the organization that Cecil Rhodes was? Uh, Oh, Anglo no, there's a there's a name for their group that uh it was the Anglo he was the, the now one of the things that one must also remember is that um when Onse Jan Hofmeyer and Cecil John Rhodes conspired with the Rothschild from the Bank of London uh-huh. or Bank of England right in London um they wanted to keep the British profile distinct or dis- distant from the uh, British Empire's war against the South Africa. So they joined up with the Rockefellers, which became then the Anglo-American uh-huh. Corporation. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. So actually what I'm thinking of uh, is the Milner Group. Uh, the Milner Group was the yeah. title of the uh, group the, that Cecil Rhodes actually presided over, and you know, as you just said, it was the Rothschilds, Milner, and a- Anglo-American uh, is, is their, one of their yeah. biggest companies and the, the association. But that's a that's a um, you know a misnomer because it was. Jews from America, Jews from Britain, Jews from Germany, nothing Anglo or American about that organization at all. It's all Jewish. That's what we need to understand. Okay. Yeah. But here's something interesting. Uh, just pulling this up, the Rhodes Milner Secret Society, uh, which is uh, shortened to the Milner Group, Based in England, colluded with President Poincaré of France and Ambassador Izalski of Russia to foment the seminal event of the 20th century, the 1914 to 1918 First World War. So, and of course, here is uh, uh, our General Smuts speaking to the conspirators face to face. 
So you know he's got to be yes. a big shot. He's got to be a tremendous big shot in this scenario. Back to you. Well, a uh, participant in every conspiracy during his life span, Pastor. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> after, after the Boer Republics were uh, hijacked um, in the state capture of the Boer Republics on the 31st of May 1910, uh-huh. soon afterwards was um, South African, not just were the South African and especially the Boers. Now, you must remember, I've got it on black on black on white, that the Cape Dutch Afrikaners started sending their sons to universities to so that they, their sons would not be called upon to go and fight in the First, uh, the first World War. Uh-huh. The Afrikaners' right. sons went to universities. Of course, they could afford it, but the yes. Boers that have been uh, um, subject to um, the the confiscation of their land, their grounds, every time over the past or the previous um, 250 years, they actually were absolutely down and out as right. beggars yes. on the streets of the city. Because they had been uh, in, uh, just after, shortly after uh, 1910, they, the Boers were being uh, disowned from their lands, from their farms, and they became beggars on the streets of the cities. Right, right. Well, the same and thing happened. Yeah, the same thing happened to the Germans. About that. Yeah, many, same thing happened to the German people right after World War One. Exactly. So, so the Boers became the cannon fodder of the Cape Dutch Afrikaners right. with Jan Smuts now um, promising the South African boys and the sons of the Boers to go and fight the battle against their own people right. in Germany. Yes, right. Against Germany. Yes. Uh, yes. In, in this in this regard, it was all orchestrated with the purpose of eradicating the house of Jacob to uh, commit genocide against the house of Jacob. Right. With the house of Jacob fighting against the house of Jacob. Right. Doesn't this sound like it's been orchestrated <laughs> for the so many time in history? Right. It was. Yes, yes. And then further to this, when the war was over, then Jan Smuts, um, he, he then seconded the Boers' sons to go and fight the British wars in, the, uh, in East Africa. Yes, right. He volunteered the, the Boers' sons to go and f- fight in East Africa. Uh-huh. Right. Nice of him. <laughs> Very nice of him. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, and here in his uh, speech, he also mentions, well, let me just read it. You know, he, first of all, he praises uh, Balfour, then he praises Milner. There is another who worked very hard for the success of this movement, which is international Zionism. Uh, and that is uh, his secretary 
of State for the Colonies, Colonel Amory. Now, I'm not familiar with Colonel Amory at all. Over to you. Uh, I've stumbled across Colonel Amory um, on a number of uh, writings or through a number of writings which I downloaded from the Internet. Okay. Um, I will see get copies of that um, and pass them on to you. Okay. Um, which, which Pastor, so many people look at these things simplistically. Sure. They want to see these things isolation, but it all follows a very grandiose agenda, a, a, a very high-level agenda. Of course, with deep-rooted hatred for the house of Jacob. Yes. Even these COVID um, pandemics. Yeah, right. It's because sure. of the my Jews, a total satanic hatred of the house of Jacob. Amen. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, so we're trying to tell people that, you know, but most, most of our people can't even imagine that that type of hatred exists. You can't imagine it, right? Exactly. Uh, but they have been reading their Bibles, <laughs> right? Uh, so, or they've been, been given a false view of the Bible, a, a Jesus loves everybody Bible, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Pastor, the, the whole thing is, as you know, I've been busy with the uh, correcting of the Afrikaans scriptures. Yes. Or the Afrikaans translation of the scriptures. Over the past few years, it's most probably about three and a half years now that I've been busy with that. Uh I'm still busy with that, and I'm still stumbling across total, I would say, um, ignorance, deflagration, the corruption. Oh, okay. Right. Blatant corruption of even the, the individual words. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the meanings individual words um, from the Strong's Dictionary. In fact, I'm huh. beginning to doubt the, the, the credibility right. and the reliability and authenticity of Strong's Dictionary. Oh, no, I agree. Concordance, if I can call it. Yes, I agree. Because yeah, the, go ahead. Because of a simple word like son, which is ben, yes. which can only mean son. Is yes. also contrived to mean daughter. In certain aspects, I, I, yeah. I could still accept that. But then, when it becomes Babylon, when it becomes Assyria, when it becomes a stranger, when it becomes a sojourner, when it becomes a foreigner, when it in explicitly says, for example, in Isaiah fifty-six verse six. Where it says in, in, in Hebrew, the original text, it says, and my son, all of a sudden becomes and the stranger. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or the foreigner. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I begin, go ahead. I begin to raise my eyebrows on the, um, so many of these other uh, uh, paragraphs or sentences or verses where the same word 
means, for example, the the foul of a horse. Is that correct? The foul of a horse. Oh, foul. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A a filly. And uh, a filly is a female, uh, you know, baby horse (laughs) growing up. But yeah, 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 the Bible, just about every word has a gender denomination, you know, just like German does. But English has discarded that. So you could tell the gender of a Hebrew word by the way it's spelled. You know, they knew that, right? <laughs> Not necessarily the gender of the uh, the the um, the thing that it describes, but the gender of the word. Yes. Uh, for example, right. you know, oh, yes. in, in, in German we have "Ich bin du bist er ist." Yes. Um, right. Uh, well, we have. Uh, die, die, yeah, we have die Katz und uh, der, der, der Hund. So cats are considered, the whole species of cats is considered yes. to be feminine, and the entire species of dog is to be considered masculine in German. Okay. They, they, they get around, they, they understand each other, put it that way. <laughs> right, go ahead. But, but that, that is specific to the way in which the word itself is yeah, formed. That's right. And not put, Particular to the gender of the 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 item which is described. For right. example, tish, which which is a table. Yes. A table resembling legs. Right. And has no gender uh, description, but it is described as der tish, which right. makes it female. Okay. It's only by virtue of the which the word itself is formed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, German grammar reflects all that. That's why it's so difficult. You have to, because there's three gender pronouns, you know, uh, der, die, and and, uh, dem, I think it is. It's a a non, non gender. It's neutral. They have a neutral. Just as we have he, she, and it, but we don't use those uh, terms as uh, pronouns. You know, to, to introduce words as German does, right? So, but yeah, so yeah, there's, exactly. uh, well, uh, but even worse is a word like uh, adopt in the uh, New Testament. It's translated, oh, I can't think of the word now, uh, but it's translated from a word that doesn't mean uh, to adopt. It means to place as a son, as since we're speaking of being a son, right? It's talking about the inheritance of a covenant, the covenant people. It's talking about a, a, a son yeah. of Jacob, not talking about uh, anybody you can adopt, right? Because people think of adoption, well, I can adopt a black child if I want. But no, you, you can't place a, a black child into the inheritance of Israel or Jacob, right? You can't exactly. do that. Yeah. And uh, I assume that you're, you're, uh, Afrikaans has the same problem. Uh, Pastor, no, in Afrikaans it's simplified greatly. Oh, it is. But what okay. I wanted to say is you cannot even, you cannot even adopt an Adamite white Edomite <laughs> right. into the house of Jacob. No, he look, looks white. <laughs> yeah. Edomite will suffice. <laughs> Some of them do look white, though, <laughs> right? So through lots of intermarriage. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, oh, go ahead. If if you look at the um, uh, the average Afrikaner, they would they would pass as white. Yeah. Yes, they would. So, 
And remember also for so many years, since 1948, the Afrikaners' definition of segregation means on the basis of the color of the skin. Right. Which is not Father Yahweh's basis for segregation. Right. Father Yahweh's basis for segregation is based on a bloodline. That's right. That's right. Not all white people, truly white people, are the sons and daughters of Jacob. Right? There's other white people around there, but we're supposed to be the leading tribe. We're supposed to be setting the proper example, which we're trying to do here at Eurofolk Radio. <laughs> right? And you and your ministry in South Africa by expressing the truth plainly. You know, and uh, let yeah. them prove us wrong, which we know they can't. Right? So, uh, but Absolutely. here, yeah. So, yeah, th- this language, uh, abusive, abusive language, is something that our people have never been taught that the Bible is full of abused words and abused uh, expressions uh, and idioms, which they should know, but they don't, right? So this business of Bible scholarship is something that nary a Christian takes seriously. They just leave that to the uh, theologians and to the a clergy of the various denominations and figure, well, they'll get it right. No, they won't. No, they won't. Yeah. Not if well, you, yeah, go ahead. What it does, they, they actually expose the leaven of the Pharisees. Right. Which we know are idiots. Yes. Amen. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm working on, uh, well, Dave Gehari and I, uh, we're working on my current, uh, update of the Great Impersonation, which should be out soon. Mm-hmm. But we're also talking about, uh, I did an article entitled The Arsenal of Words. And it, right at this point, it's fairly old. I think I wrote it around uh, the year 2010. And so I need to update it uh, uh, with my increased knowledge of the subject. But basically, goes through yeah. words in scripture that are falsely translated. Uh, and uh, are fal- falsely used, uh, whether properly translated or not. And uh, if you don't have the correct definitions according to the Hebrew and the Greek, then you will never understand the Bible. It's just that simple. Okay. Well, yeah. well, I would even um, use the, or, or I would neglect the use of Greek because the the uh, the, the theme of the Nazarenes, the writings of the Nazarenes, uh-huh. um, the so-called Testament was also written in Hebrew. Right. Uh, if only we lay our hands on it because it's in yeah. the more than 80 kilometers of archives of the Vatican. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the scriptures yeah. of the Nazarenes are. Yeah, well, uh, archaeologists did find a Greek copy of the Gospel of Matthew in India. So it it, yes. it it found its way to India, but there, yeah, you're right. They're in the archives of the Vatican, and you have to bribe uh, some <laughs> some guy a million dollars to see it, right? You mean the Hebrew, the Hebrew original? Yes, of the writings of Matthew. Matthew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so there's more to be discovered there. But right now, uh, we're in a situation where, well, we do have the means to properly interpret and translate the entire scriptures as you're doing now into Afrikaans. 
And, uh, you know, many of our people have been working on this to get the correct translation in English. And, uh, uh, but, uh, we've had all kinds of direct translations from Hebrew into English. If, if I'm not mistaken, it was Tyndale who did that direct uh, translation. Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Certain words, like ish means male, ishai means female. And it, uh, sometimes yeah. those words get translated as man, which makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense whatsoever, right? And, uh, and the Hebrew makes distinctions and the English translations don't. That is purely you know, ridiculous, uh, I don't even want to call it scholarship but a, a ridiculous way of translating stuff to be so vague in translating words that have completely different meanings, right? So you got your work card out for you, <laughs> finding that in Afrikaans, okay? All right, so so then he says in this document here uh, regarding Colonel yeah, Canaanite Amory. <laughs> All right, so he says, take it from me. That in those days, Jewry had no better friend than Colonel Amory. So, I mean, mm. he's not mincing any words here. You know, he's saying, here, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm your friend, Amory's your friend. Uh, but he's not revealing whether he himself is a Jew in this letter. He's just uh, representing, I don't know who he was representing himself or some uh, organization from South Africa. Uh, did uh, Smuts disengage from South Africa after World War One, or did he continue to live there? Boston. He, he was still a resident of South Africa. In fact, I think it was in 1935. Oh, okay. Uh, he came to power again. Can you hear me? Yes. He came to power again, and he, um, he was the prime minister of South Africa in the 1930s. Wow. Uh, during the time the Osava Brandwag uh-huh. was being propagated by the Boers. And the Osava Brandwag was again infiltrated uh-huh. by none other than Hofmeyer <laughs> okay. and uh, Foster, John Foster. Of okay. course, I have a picture of John Foster and Henry Kissinger in very um, friendly conversation as well. Now, we know that John Foster was uh, also very instrumental in the, uh, uh, in the, shall I say it? Shall I say it on the air? Well, uh, I don't know what I've you're going to say. Hey, go ahead, say it. <laughs> I will. I have reason to believe that John Foster also had a finger in the pie in the uh, murder of Hendrik French Verwoerd. Aha, okay. Yeah, just like uh, Julius Caesar was stabbed by his closest friends, right? (laughs) Or so he thought, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, again, uh, as we were talking about uh, this morning uh, in uh, reviewing the book, uh, The Nameless War by Archibald Ramsay, where he just makes it very clear that in virtually every government on the planet, Jewry has agents pulling strings and who can make uh, your life miserable if you don't go along with their agenda. 
So, I mean, this, this, this speech here proves it again that we're not conspiracy theorists, we're conspiracy uh, documenters, right? There's absolutely no doubt about it. This is a documented, okay? Uh, conspiracy realists. There you go, yes. <laughs> and so, because these people have reft, reft, left a record of their doings vis-a-vis Jewry, as this document proves, Right? So haven't I done good no. work from you, Zionists? Haven't I? <laughs> okay. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. Well, to put it like the extent of Jan Smuts's involvement with the Jews um, is very evident of his roots Yes. from Jewry. Okay. Sephardic Jewry. Yes, yes. Amen. Amen. And there's one more sentence in this article. I picked the last two paragraphs because they they contain a really good information. But the final sentence of the second paragraph, the minister who was day to day responsible or today responsible for the carrying out of the mandate is a firm friend of the national home. General Smuts concluded. So apparently that is Colonel Amory. Okay. So Smuts yeah. is telling the Zionist organization, you've got friends in us. We will be loyal to you. Now, why would they be loyal to world Jewry mm. if they weren't Jews themselves? You know, or they were either being blackmailed or you know, railroaded into supporting uh, Zionism as many Christians have been, right? Through lies and yeah. misrepresentations, right? So this guy Amory is very yeah. important. <laughs> I had, I had no idea. Yeah, well, Pastor, what many people fail to understand is that Africana Dom as a whole is, in fact, crypto-Jewism. Right, right. So once one gets one's head, once one one gets one's head around the fact that the Afrikaners stemmed from the Sephardic Jews and the Kazarian Jews and later on the Ashkenazi Jews. Now, now many people uh, or some people get to the point where they go and investigate who are the Kazarian Jews, right. who are the Sephardic Jews and who are the Ashkenazi Jews. They don't realize that you don't need to be an, a direct descendant of the house of Esau right. to be a Right. Because the Nazis also accept Judaism, but again, Talmudic Judaism. Right. Exactly the same way as the Kazarians also accepted Judaism, but they mixed it with Talmudism. Now, there is no such thing that an Edomite can become a Judite. Right. Sure. Or a Yehuda. There's no way that... Because it is, in Father Yahweh's eyes, it's about bloodlines. Amen. He chose chose the bloodline of Abraham, which is also the bloodline of Isaac, which is also the bloodline of Jacob, excluding those from the bloodline of Abraham who are not. I, I mean, Abraham had six sons with uh, Keturah. Right. But yeah. Keturah's sons were part of what Father Yahweh said to Jacob's descendants by mouth of 
of Moses that they should not even mix, not even socialize with the sons and descendants of Abraham with Keturah. Right. They were, they were go zone. Yeah. Exactly the same with Ishmael. Yeah. Well, plus the Jews, uh, they have a maternal reckoning for their descent. So that doesn't, and they don't care what, uh, what race the father of the Jewish child is, as long as the, the child has a Jewish mother. <laughs> That's not scriptural. But, but you know why they, they choose to have a maternal uh, descendancy? Because yeah, they, they worship Ishtar. <laughs> right? Eve. Yeah. Oh, who was that? No, Lilith. That's the, yeah, go ahead. That's not the reason. Because they cannot claim to be sons of Abraham because... They aren't. <laughs> they can only claim to be sons of Rebecca. Right, exactly. Because Satan, they fought. Wasn't that what the Messiah said? Children of the viper? Right. Uh, yep. Or seed of the viper? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, John chapter 8. Uh, yep. Yeah. In and, and one of the epigraphical books actually state that uh, the same thing that befell Eve in the Garden of Eden with the snake. Right. That she lay with the snake. The same thing befell Rebecca. Right. That's why she oh, bore, okay. had born uh, Ezel. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Is that in one of the uh, apocryphal books? Because I'm not aware That's of that. That's one of the apocryphal. Yeah. Maybe you could uh, give me a link to that later. Right, but getting back now to this, uh, now I'm going to jump to the first paragraph of this uh, statement he made to the organizers of the Zionists here. Quote, the Jewish people have been singularly fortunate in having leaders of the stamp of Dr. Weitzman, one of the foremost men of science of his age and one of the foremost statesmen of his age. I think he's the guy who invented dynamite. General Smuts declared, yeah, great, great human being. I look upon Dr. Weitzman and Mr. Sokolow as the twin pillars of the Zionist movement. And again, I'm not that familiar with Mr. Sokolow. Are you familiar with him? Weitzman is pretty well known, you know, as a major Zionist agent. I think the Sokolow is Polish. Um, I've stumbled across his name in some of the writings that I've um, uh, managed to get hold of as well, Boster. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I'll do a quick search. I'll do a quick search as we speak. Yes, very good. I say it is fortunate that the Jewish people in our day, at so critical a stage in history, has been guided and led by two such great statesmen like men. We are apt to nowadays to forget how much we owe to the leadership in the world. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Jew. A cause may be good and great and may be just and yet may not triumph unless the right vessels are chosen to lead that cause to victory. So, and he's just basically praising the Jews up and down and their agents who work for them for money. To the work of these two men, the triumph of the cause is due. To the leadership of these men that, that God, as not our God, as their God, has given in our day. But even then, the cause is greater than the man. The cause is greater than the leader. Zionism is greater than either Dr. Weitzman or Mr. 
Sokolov. So here you have a, a reputed leader of the people of South Africa just telling telling everybody Zionism is the real cause that I believe in. Uh, to what extent were the Af- you know, the Boer people or the Afrikaner people aware of uh, his doings? These doings of the uh, General Smuts. Just remember that the Afrikaners are also Jews, so right. they would actually um, support him in that. Yes. Yes. I've, um, <laughs> I've just done a quick search through my database of the Sokolov. Okay. I've stumbled across something like 20 writings that also contain Sokolov's name. Okay. Very good. And that's so, just in my notes. Yeah, very good. So, yeah, maybe, uh, anything uh, interesting so far that you've... Uh... Well, the one book that I opened, uh, the name of this book is The Secret... Uh, you want to hear this, Pastor? Okay. The Secret between blacks and Jews. <laughs> All right. So his name is yeah. His name is mentioned in that book, huh? Right, right. Well, he's definitely not black, <laughs> or doesn't admit to it. Yeah, he's definitely Jew, right? Okay. So let's continue. Uh, and this is the second paragraph of the document we're talking about here, uh, which is a speech given by. Uh, smuts to the Zionist organization. Quote, we are in an interesting stage in the development of this great Zionist idea. Zionism is one of the great movements of our time. Born amidst a world-shaking event, the success of Zionism is due in large measure to these world-shaking events. Yes. And who created those world-shaking events? Also, I've stumbled across a book that I must send to you. Okay. It is called, <laughs> it is called The Jewish Genocide of Armenian Christians. Oh, wow. And Sokolov's name appears in this. He does. And chapter two, the genocidal young Turks were Zionist crypto Jews. That's right. Rothschild, King of Jews, chapter three. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I, I know that the Jews. Yeah, I know that the Jews are responsible for that genocide in Armenia. Of course, they deny it. So you got a book on that subject. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, chapter four of this book is uh, Mordecai Manuel Noah. Okay. Which is also an interesting chapter. But as I'm telling you, Pastor, I'm sitting with. Close on 20 books in which uh, Sokolov's name appears. Encyclopedia Judaica, right. the second edition. Let's see what, it's, what yeah. comes up at this point. Yeah. What's his first name? Because uh, his first name is not mentioned in this article. So, But uh, Sokolov is a very common Jewish name, surname. Yeah. Um, I just want to see if I can get a hold of his name. Yeah. Nayam Sokolov. Oh, Nayam. Okay. All right. Nayam Sokolov. Yeah. 
Very Anglo name. <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah, well, of course, they use the Hebrew. They disguise themselves uh, with Hebrew names to you know, fool everybody, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Look, yeah, so, uh, so he's being praised by General Smuts in this article. And yeah, so yes. uh, so yeah, the, the, all all three of them and all four, counting Rhodes, uh, are involved in all mm. these world-shaking events, but nobody knows it. Of course, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, we don't we don't want you to even know about our, our involvement. So they praise each other to their faces when they get together, but then when they make public statements, oh. There's nothing to see here. <laughs> Go away, reporters. There's nothing to report from here. You know, just like the Bilderberger group. You know, uh, reporters are not allowed. They have to sneak in. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So this is the nature of the Zionist movement that he is praising here. And there's no way that he could know this, uh, being as highly placed as he was. So it's really, this is a perfect example of the conspiracy. This is proof that a Jewish conspiracy exists because uh, you, you never hear about this. Yes. Never. Okay. It's always exactly. denied. Yeah. Yeah. So, but of course the whole history of your country is proof that the uh, Jewish operated Cape Dutch society and the British Dutch society uh, have been manipulating the Boer people for what now? 400 years. So 365. Okay. Years. Interesting. 365. Okay. Month. Okay. <laughs> so you, uh, no doubt you're counting it by the minute, right? Because it's been constant persecution of the Boer people from that day forward. Relentless persecution. Yes. Right. But the sad thing is, Pastor, I would say 98 to 99% of the Boers don't realize that they have been manipulated by these Edomite. Jews, crypto Jew Afrikaners. Yes. Since the days of Jan van Ribiak. They don't realize it. Even the protocols of the learned elders of Zion, uh-huh. when it appeared in 1904, it was banned by Louis Butta and Jan Smuts. Really? Soon after they state captured the republics. It was banned. You would, you would be charged <laughs> and uh, sent to jail for 15 years. Wow. Just for having the protocol, the learned, learned el- uh, yeah. elders of Zion in your position. Right. So if it's a forgery, for the- yeah, why, why are they so afraid of it? <laughs> Can't they argue against it? <laughs> right? Yeah. Here's another book. Very interesting. Okay. From Juvenile Criminal. To Jewish scholar, <laughs> the 19th century Protestant mission among Amsterdam Jews, right. which culminated in a murder attempt on a clergyman. Wow, that's the, that's yeah. the name of the book, right? Okay, yeah. So there's so much. It's amazing how much anti-Jewish literature there is out there, but you can't access it unless you really dig. So, yeah, once yes. you get the names of these Jews and search on their names, then you can find out what they've been up to, right? But you will never hear about this in mass media. Exactly. Never. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like the career of Trotsky. You'll never, there's never anything about Trotsky yeah. anywhere. 
Right. And the same of, of um, uh, Engels. Yes, Friedrich Engels, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the, the, the true movers and shakers of the 20th century, their names are not common household names like they should be. Right? But, oh, no, wait a minute. Yeah. Hitler. Everybody knows that name. <laughs> right? But what about Stalin? What about Trotsky? What about Zinoviev? Those evil, arch-evil creatures, Jews, who prosecuted the deaths of 100 million Russians. Nobody exactly. knows their names, right? It just proves that control of media is such an important tool for the international Jew. Okay, so so that sounds like a, a gold mine you just opened up uh, just by searching on the name of Mr. Sokolow. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Now, was that uh, on uh, a mainstream browser? Because I often have to go to DuckDuckGo to get really good stuff. <laughs> right? The, the good stuff is always censored. Yeah. This is... This is the culmination of more than eight and a half years ah. of searching the internet yes. on the basis of the keywords, yes. not names, but keywords that the angel had given me to go and search on evidence of the revelations that he had made to me. Right, right. And yeah. I mean, I've never, I've never done a search on Sokolov at all yet. Okay. But if I go to my database... Yeah, of the, the the books that I have downloaded, then the name Sokolov appears on yeah. virtually, I think, about 18 or 20 of these books. Right. Very good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, another major Jewish player. Again, the names of these, let's call them background Jews, because you know, we know the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and the Bronfmans and people like that. You know, but these, uh, these Jews hide in the woodwork, <laughs> right? But they're, they're major, uh, p- puppeteers. They, uh, they bribe people. They assassinate people. And just like today, they have the Sayanim, who are uh, civilian uh, Jews who work for the uh, ADL and B'nai B'rith and for the Mossad. And this is how disloyal Jews really are. You know, they're working for a foreign government, spying on us. I don't know if they have a branch in South Africa. They probably don't need one because they got the Cape Dutch Afrikaner organization, right? So they probably don't have Saini working in South Africa. They've got too many friends there already. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Well, that's very good. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead. I've stumbled across something very interesting here as well, naming Anna Sokolov. Now, as you say, Sokolov is a very common Jewish name. Right. But it emanates, this particular uh, animates from the University of Cape Town. Really? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, some Jew, you know, moved to Cape Town and, uh, so, but probably is it? Well, it sounds to me like an Ashkenazi name. It doesn't sound like a, you know, a Sephardic name. Exactly. Yeah. So I would suspect. Yeah. Them. Yeah. And there's a lot of Jews with that surname in America. You know, doing doing no good, for sure. They're up to no good. Yeah. Okay. So we have just a couple more uh, uh, words here. Okay. 
Zionism is one of the great movements of our time. Born amidst the world-shaking event, namely World War One, uh, we have been passing through in recent years. I admit other others have worked before and have toiled before. I mean, you can't pay more homage to the international Zionist organization that General Smuts is paying here, right? Uh, he's yes. just commending them for all the evil they have done, <laughs> right? And uh, getting ready to do. That's General Smuts for you, folks. That's what he was. Mm. Okay, I hope uh, the Boer people begin to understand that the Jews have picked your leaders for you, just as they do here in America. The rhinocrats, right? Rhino meaning Republican in name only. It's just one big party. There's no difference between Democrats and Republicans. Well, yeah, go ahead. Pastor, what you said is very important, that the Jews have chosen the leaders of the Boers. Right. For example, President Paul Kruger was one of those leaders that had been re-elected and re-elected at the command, the desire of the <laughs> of the Jews. Exactly. You're yes. right. You're perfectly right. Yeah. And yeah. there are so many Boers that are willing to um, issue death threats against me for actually stating this. Yes. Yeah. President Paul Kruger was a total instrument in the hand of, hands of the Zionism. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you've talked about that many they times, uh, and uh, you've proven it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so anybody... They even honored him. They even honored him by making his birthday a public holiday in <laughs> South Africa. Right. Yeah, like Dr. Martin Luther Not King Jr., right? Right? Okay. All right. So I, I think we've established the case that General Smuts was a traitor to the Boer people, and the Boer people, above all, need to know this. Okay. I think we have definitely yes. established that here today, and we have run out of time. Thank you for being uh, co-host again today, Pastor Martins, and have a Jew-free day, <laughs> all of you uh, listeners. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Okay. Praise God we pass the ammunition. See you all next week. Bye-bye. Praise God we. Bye-bye, Pastor. Bye-bye. <laughs>